Hey everyone, welcome back to Lash Boss Radio. This is Shelby, your host, and today I'm bringing on Neelam from Lashes Pro. We're talking about how she built a business out of intake forms and electronic consents and just record keeping for the lash industry, and also how it can help your business, especially during COVID times. We want to keep um, our waivers and um, consents and everything electronic. It's also much sleeker of a way of record keeping. You can store your before and after photos, anything noteworthy, her lash map um, or his lash map. And yeah, it's um, it's a pretty cool tool that uh, we can utilize, especially during COVID times um, and without COVID too. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Neelam. All right, Neelam, welcome to Lash Boss Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Uh, so... Let's get started with just how did you get into the beauty industry? Oh, the beauty industry started when I was much younger. My mom always did like Mary Kay and Avon. And I sort of started into modeling when I was really young. I was around 15 years old. And I've always had like confidence issues. I've always had like body image issues. So that was a really big step for me to get into, but it was a lot of fun. And then I got my makeup done for the first time at a fashion show. And I remember they gave me like this big Vin Diesel braid and I had purple smoky eyes. I had this cutout dress with like, it was lace in the front and you could like totally see through the front and the same thing on the sides and the back. And I was 16. And I came from like, I have immigrant parents, right? Like I was not even allowed to wear sleeveless shirts until grade nine, like not tank tops, like not even sleeveless. So I stepped out on stage and my parents were like, what are you wearing? Oh but gosh. yeah, I remember the moment though that I turned around and I looked in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I can look like that. Like it was the coolest thing. And the way that I felt, I just wanted to make other people feel the same way. Mm-hmm. And then with Mary Kay, my mom, taught me like a little bit about foundation and then I learned like clean skin and like a signature smoky eye and sorry a signature cat eye and contact lenses and that was like my go-to look for years so So did you ever get into like doing makeup or skin or or did you go straight to lashes I was a makeup artist I've been a makeup artist for 12 years and I did makeup yeah since I was about 18 or 19 And it's always scary starting something new. I did so many courses for makeup, but I was never working on clients until my best friend pushed me into it because he was working with other artists that like they would get the bride ready and then leave before she has a chance to look in the mirror. And he would be standing there like, I can't fix your makeup. I was hired for hair and I can't disrespect the artist. So it was really bad. He's like, sometimes the brides would be crying and he's just left in the room standing there like, what can I possibly do? And we were like, and getting out of high school we were roommates we had no money and we're like well if these people are doing this and making like hundreds and hundreds of dollars like what can we make if we actually cared so that was like how we started out and we totally overtook the industry in the first couple of years it was like way before instagram was a thing that's so but- cool i used to do um bridal makeup also yes do you miss it <laughs> no actually i don't i don't i I think I liked it for a little bit. And then I was like, this is stressful. Like the energy (laughs) in the room is just so like tense, but it was kind of fun, um, like playing and stuff. But whenever you actually went to do like, like I, I enjoyed makeup until like I would actually have to go in and do like a wedding. I kind of would dread going. And, and I, that's how I realized like, this isn't what I meant to do because I don't like how I feel every time I have yeah. like something lined up. So I'm assuming you love it. 
I love it, but that's how I'm starting to feel like now. Like makeup has been my passion. I love the transformation. I love doing before and afters and having yes. full control over a look, but I no longer like getting up two o'clock in the morning to do a bride. I right. no longer like washing my makeup brushes or lugging my kit or packing my kit or unpacking my kit and all those things that go into being a makeup artist. So right. I feel like because I'm not enjoying it as much anymore, it's time to, it was kind of time to transition. And it worked out well with my move, but yeah. from makeup, I learned about eyelashes, like just normal, big, fluffy lashes. So I would right. not even go out to walk the dog without a pair of lashes on. And so how did you get it? So, or when did you get into the lash industry? So I got into the lash industry. So I trained in 2014, but it took me two years to write my exam. Like <laughs> It was insane. So I learned about lashes because my first, I wanted to get lashes. I just, there's a trend that was up and coming and I went on Kijiji and I found somebody doing it for $30 from their home in their apartment. And I went in, I'm like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I'm 21. I don't have money. You're only charging me $30 to give me these beautiful lashes. Oh my gosh. And then when I went and I got it done, I think it took her 30 minutes and she's just like, I'm going to coat them with an extra layer of glue. So oh they're going to last longer. Gosh. And I'm like, Oh yeah, put on all the glue. If they're going to last longer. Uh, and yeah, they looked great for two days. And then day three, they were hurting. They got uncomfortable. I started picking at them and I pretty much just picked them all off and I had no lashes left, like no natural lashes. Looking back now, I'm like, I really should have called her and said, Hey, can you please take these off? But yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I remember like picking out my lashes too. Like in the very beginning, when you first start getting lashes, you're not going to somebody that's great. Um, no. That was my experience too, at least. And then yeah, picking them all out. Ugh. Did you try coconut oil? Did you just pick at them? Yeah, I didn't do coconut oil. I remember doing olive oil and it <laughs> wasn't working and it ended up, I really would just like wedge my fingernail. In the yes. Ugh, gross. But like, I would just have to like pop them off and they were on so good because they used so much adhesive and yeah just horrible just horrible. I have that habit now popping off my lashes whenever I get them done even if it's a beautiful set like this, yeah like this, getting in there backwards. yeah it's yeah. just oddly satisfying I'll be sitting there and then all of a sudden my cup is full and my husband's looking at me like you just paid three hundred dollars for these lashes like do not get your lashes done if this is what you're doing to them this is how we need to start start thinking about it is put a dollar value on every single lash we pull out <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, all right, there goes 20 bucks. There goes 10 bucks. There exactly. goes $5. Cause yes. maybe that will help. I know. So that was my first experience with lashes. Yeah. And then I found another girl who was really good. She had a beautiful setup from her basement. She was trained by a reputable company and I, I was really happy with my experience and her skill set. Um, but every time I went in, I always came back with like lashes that were not full. Like they looked like nothing. Mm. And every time she said she could make them fuller, she couldn't do it and I was paying a lot of money at this time and by my fourth appointment I'm like I just like I want fuller lashes and she was she said that she can't give me fuller lashes because I don't have the natural lashes and I'm like okay but isn't this something that you tell somebody on their first appointment mm -hmm. like this is the fourth time coming in and you keep saying you're going to make them fuller next time and next time mm, and next yes. time and I didn't say that to her but that's what, kind of what I was thinking and then that's when I learned about setting client expectations. Yes. Because had she just told me from the beginning, okay, I can't give you lashes. You don't have the natural lashes. They're not going to look the way that you're showing me pictures of. Yes. But when your lashes grow back, they will. Then I would not have been disappointed by not having that many lashes. But going in, expecting one thing, getting something else, 
was super disappointing. And then I'm like, you know what, this doesn't make sense. Like these people are doing it. They're making money. There has to be a better way. And there has to be a way to get the results that I want, which is why I started training. Like I started looking at training and I emailed about like 10 or 12 different trainers and schools in the GTA. And only one got back to me with all the answers I was looking for and more. Mm. Uh, that was like Veronica Tran, Pretty in the City. She, I hear all the horror stories online about bad like trainers and things like that. And I'm like, thank God I never had that experience. Veronica was amazing. She was such a great trainer. And I mentioned like it took me two years to write my exam because I am such a perfectionist that I like did not want to write my exam until I was actually good at doing lashes. So I went home and I was supposed to do my case studies and I didn't do them or like I tried to do them and they really sucked. And afterward, I went back to her. And I'm like, can I just come back in for a refresher session? And then I'll write my exam soon. And she's like, you can come back in, no charge, sit through the weekend course again, but you have to do your exam afterward. Wow. And I'm like, okay. So I went in, I did it. I think I got like 87 or 90%. And she's like, Neil, you're lashing perfectly fine. Like you're not a beginner. Your only thing is time, which is like back to that whole perfectionist thing. Right. So two things in there I wanted to point out or reiterate is like, uh, as an artist, that's like, they're, that, that aren't getting their clients full enough or that they're scared to tell them like their expectations may not be met. It's all about like confidence really. And it will pay off in the end. Just have confidence in yourself as like a professional, you know, cause if, and that goes to with like why you shouldn't take other people's work and put it on your page and yes. mislead people. But um, if you're a newer artist still working on your time, you could easily just get friends and family in that repeatedly come and see you um, for like a model session and work on that before you start advertising as this amazing artist that um, can offer this and that when really you can't, um, which we've all been there, you know? Mm -hmm. And everyone's going to go through it in the beginning stages, but it's just yeah. having models that know it's going to take you time. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be as full as you want them to be. And that's okay. You'll hook them up the next time they come in yeah. and it's just going to be up for you. Right. The other thing was that with whenever you become a trainer, um, sometimes the, like those inquiries roll in and you want to be like real short and, and simple and send it out. But a big difference that is going to set you apart is, is responding quickly and thoroughly and, so yeah, I've noticed that too as well. Like it's easier, like I've noticed I have like a, a really high, like, um, like, I don't know, closing rate, I guess of like people yeah. who inquire about a class because like I try to give them as much information and cut out all of the back and forth. Cause you know, they're going to have these specific questions to just answer it all or put it all on the website, you know? But, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I just um, caught that too, that like, that's a good point that you just made. Um, I don't know if you realized it, but yeah, that's why you went with that trainer. And then look, you didn't have to go to someone that you, know, you had a bad experience with because you did your due diligence and your homework and went with somebody that, you know, responded. Took the time to respond. Yeah. yeah. It's so good that you say you have a high closing rate. I love hearing that. I'm like, yes, you go girl. You're doing it right. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So lash artistry, how, how many, or who have you trained with in the industry so far? Oh my God. You should see my wall. It's embarrassing because there's so <laughs> many certificates on there. And I feel like it's just having that reassurance and that confidence that comes from getting that certificate. Yeah. So pretty the city, 
Leah Lash Pro. Oof, oh, love her. She, I know she's love freaking Leah. awesome. <laughs> uh, Lash Tribe. I was really oh, fortunate that I won their course for classic volume and business. Mm -hmm. That business course literally gave me the steps that I needed to restart when wow. I moved. Like it was, it was so good. The classic, I had already done classic lashing for like years, but going through that course, I still learned more things. Mm -hmm. And then the volume, I realized I'm not good with online training because I'm still working through the volume course three years later. <laughs> That's okay. not my thing. Online training is not my thing. Um, who else? Everyone, yeah. Lashbox, we just did recently their mega volume training. Oh my goodness. That's a good course. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But I, now I want to do more mega volume because I yeah. feel like that taught like the one technique. And now I'm like, okay, I feel like there's so much more that I want to know now. Did you feel like whenever you took that course that you were just like, wow, like for me personally, I was just, I just felt like I should have taken that class a long time ago, but it was like my own close-mindedness almost that and I like to think of myself as like super open-minded but mm -hmm. when it came to mega volume I, I guess because of the work I had seen from other places that we would fix all the time just not done the right way a lot of times it would be mega volume clients and so I think that that turned me off but when I took their course I was like wow I should have taken this a long time ago and I remember I was pulling just little bits of lashes and like more. And I'm like, what do you mean more? That looks like a lot. They're like, no, it can handle a lot more. I and know. mega volume is confusing because it's so different from what we're used to seeing and what we're used to believing. Yes. And all I can say, if anybody's scared and they don't believe that this is the right thing to do, try it for yourself and base it on your client's natural lashes. When they're coming right. back in for their fills, you're going to be able to see if they can handle it or not. A lot of my clients are older clientele and a lot of them cannot handle it. Like their lashes are naturally very fragile. But then I do have a couple of clients who are younger, they're Greek, they have so many lashes, super strong, and they come in every three weeks for mega volume and their lashes are perfect. Like they're healthy, they're strong, nothing is happening. So you really just have to judge each client on its own. Right. Yeah. Um, so you came out with a Lash Assist Pro. Can you talk about what that is and why you think it's important? Okay, Lash Assist Pro started when I moved cities. So I moved from Toronto to Ottawa and I was like, I had boxes of paperwork I just didn't know what to do with. I couldn't get rid of it. I'm a hoarder when it comes to certain things. Paperwork is one of them because even though I didn't have these clients anymore, I figured, God forbid something happens and they come to me three years later and I need this paperwork. Or like some of my clients from Toronto would visit me in Ottawa and then I would have to go into the boxes of paperwork and I'm like, this is silly. And my consultation takes so long when people come in to fill out the paperwork that it's usually 15 minutes in studio, 10 minutes in studio that they're filling it out. I'm answering questions. And then it's still my consultation after that is another 15 minutes. So it was taking up a big chunk of my in-studio time. So I wanted to do something that was going to cut out that time so that I'm not like it, time is money. Time is absolutely money. So if I'm not lashing, it's taking out of her appointment time. And if I don't want to take it out of her appointment time, then it's taking out of my time. So I wanted to make sure that I was getting like my value in that and that nobody was losing in the situation. So being able to send forums ahead of time was super important. But that was like, that's the main selling feature of it for us. But that wasn't even the real entire intent. The biggest thing I found when it came to lashing and what I struggled with and which is why it was so difficult to like write my exam and like have clients that would stick around and not lose clients. I lost a lot of clients. I did a lot of free work, but I lost a lot of clients until I started taking notes, until I started writing down everything that I was doing. 
some clients you use primers on, sometimes you don't. And how are you going to remember every single time who's using a primer and who's not? And how dumb do you look every single time if you're asking them, oh, do you have oily skin? Or like yeah. in between, like it's, it's just really silly. And sometimes my lashes, like when I did not understand glue, especially at the beginning, we're working on like the technique and things like that. We're not looking into the science of glue that in depth. And when I did not understand glue, I could not figure out why my lashes were sometimes popping off and like it just was not working. It wasn't sticking or like sometimes things were sticking together and I couldn't figure out what was going on. My hygrometer was telling me that I'm in the right zone of my, of my glue's manufacturer recommendations, but whatever was happening in front of me was not working. And then there was other times where I'm lashing and like I'd be so happy at the end of the appointment, everything was magnetic, like everything was sticking, it was hugging. And again, I'm just trying to figure out why. So I started taking notes of absolutely everything that I was doing, and I started taking it on cue cards. So I would write down what I used to prep the client. If they had any makeup residue, I would write down my room conditions, the glue that I used, so that next time they come in, if they have great retention, I would be able to look back and see, okay, what is it that I did that could possibly contribute to this great retention? And if they had really crappy retention, I can go back and see, okay, well, she had mascara residue or she showed up 20 minutes late and I told her that I was not going to get them as full. Hence why it looks like crappy retention. It's just because they weren't that full to begin with. But if you're doing cue cards, how long can you keep up the cue cards? It's, it works for the first year. Second year, the box is overflowing. You're right. missing cards. They're getting misfiled. It's just a hot mess. So how does it work? Like as an artist, we... It's a subscription, right? Yeah, so it is a monthly based subscription service. And we tried, we kept it as a, a web app. So even though we're saying that it's an app, you don't physically download anything onto your phone, but you can still get the icon onto your phone. And that's a little bit confusing for some people, but there's a reason that we did this. So with all the feedback that you guys are providing us, we can make changes really fast, which is what we've been doing. Anytime more than one person asks for something, we're able to implement it really quickly. And then this way, you don't need just an iPhone or just an Android or just an iPad in order to process your forms or have your clients fill out the forms. You can use it on computers and tablets and surfaces, like anywhere that you can get an internet connection, it's going to run off of that for you and you'll have access to the same information, which makes it really, really easy. So say you have a client come in and she does like her forms and stuff, are you able to like reopen that client's notes and like keep adding to it or take stuff away or, or something or how does it totally can. So there's two versions. So we have the version that we call solo pro, which is for all these solo lash artists out there that don't have employees. So you can go in anytime the client comes in. Okay. So the first thing you're obviously going to do is you're going to set up your client. So three ways to set up your client. You can email them the form manually in advance. They can, fill out the paperwork in studio if you like having that one-to-one -one connection with them, or you can attach the URL to your automated booking confirmations, and that way you don't even have to think twice about it. It's all automated for you. So as soon as they fill out that form, you get information, you get an email that says a new client has been added to your client list, and they get their client profile created. So anytime they come in, there's two things now. So if your client comes in for their appointment, you can add in session details that tracks all of that information that we talked about before about like room conditions, your lash maps, your before and after photos every single time and it'll date it for you. And it's all in like chronological order. But then if you have a client that comes in like 
every eight months or every year for certain occasions. You can also pull up their old consultation form and then have them re-sign it and it'll save their old consultation form as well as the updated new consultation form. So you'll always have reference to notes. And the other feature we're adding in right now is that in their client profile area, um, we realized that if you have to add in other documents, maybe like doctor's notes and things like that, we didn't have the function for it, but in the client profile in the next couple of weeks, there's gonna be just an upload little document area where you can just upload anything pertaining to that client. So this is great if you had a way to store client information prior to starting Lashes Pro as well. You can just scan it in, take a photo of it, and keep it under the client list as well. Oh, that's really cool. So I guess like um, what, what made you, because that's like a whole nother business venture that you're doing um, starting this. Or So what made you, I guess, like bite the bullet and just decide to not only use it for yourself, but actually start a business out of it? we needed it there was nothing out there that really did all of this the way that it does and i know if i'm struggling with something then there's at least at least one other person out there struggling with the same thing mm -hmm. and if it's enough to help them then that makes me happy and then hubby is a project manager so he was in the more technical side of things and he's like we can really make this happen at first it was just to get my ish together and then i'm just like even if it helps one more person it'll change their life so we really wanted to put it out there because when you're new and you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what questions to ask or why you're asking certain questions or what information to track or figuring out like why your client's lashes could be falling off. If you're asking all the right questions at the beginning and you're making all the right notes during the appointment, you have all of your answers there and you don't look like a beginner. Like you right. look like you have your ish together and you know what you're doing. It also makes clients feel really good whenever you remember things about them or like you remember how they like something or what they didn't like it really so whenever you're getting your hair done or facial it it worries you like the second time like do you have to remind them stuff or did they mm -hmm. write it down um so yeah it's super important to like keep a record keep track of stuff and every single client is different yeah and when my clients come in for an appointment they don't want their lashes changed every time they're just like i love what you did last time and that's what we do every single time and then i can set up my lash palette before they even arrive and that takes time, but that's not taking time out of away from their appointment time and their lash time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember in the beginning I would be such in a rush, like with, but I would not really give myself a buffer time between clients. I just like get in as many clients as I can yeah. get out. Um, and so when people would come back in, first of all, I'd be like, who is this person? Like, I don't even remember their face. Second, they would say that. I love what you did last time. And I'd be like, I don't know what I did, but I'm going to just guess. And I can tell I'm using this curl and I did this shape. And I think that's what I did. So yeah, uh, that's, that's a really good point is like clients sometimes just rely on you to like, remember them and remember what they like, you know, consistency. It's all about consistency. And like, what if your client's coming in and they don't have their inner corners anymore? How do you know if they mm -hmm. like seven, like seven mm, or if they're like a 10 mm in the inner corners, because mm -hmm. everybody is different. And if you're not doing the same thing you did last time, they're going to notice the longer they're coming in and the longer they're getting the same set of lashes. Every time you make a tiny little tweak, they're going to notice like there's no hiding it. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So We've kind of been talking a little bit throughout the episode about like good things, like good little tips um, that have been brought up throughout the episode. Do you have any other tips that you feel like 
lash artists, especially beginners, like really need to think about or mistakes you feel like they make? Business mentorship. So a lot of the times when we sign up for lashing and I sign up for a lashing course, they might do a little bit of marketing. If you're lucky and you sign up with a really good course, but getting into a really good business mentorship program after that, that is going to completely skyrocket your business. Um, Lash Tribe was literally the reason that I was able to start my business in Ottawa. Knowing I know nobody in the city. I still have like very little friends. Like I want like there are more acquaintances. Like I just don't know anybody. But if you go on one of the forums and ask for a recommendation, a lot of the times my name is still popping up even by strangers just because of what I was able to do on the business side. The Lashpreneur Society is another really, really good one as part of them as well. So much good information and it's like on a path, like what she calls it, the success path. Tara literally made you a success success path. Yeah. It is phenomenal. (laughs) Tara is good. She knows her stuff like... And she, I don't know. She's one of those people that you just like want to listen to and you want to like take her advice. Cause she calls out bullshit. She will call out your bullshit. Yes. Even just a conversation like peer to peer with her, she'll call me out and I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. I need to do that. And yeah, she is great. Um, so, uh, sorry. I kind of took over that. No, totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we were Tara. Yeah. Um, well, hold on. Call you out business (laughs) okay and the other one would be Lashcast podcast like even before I had invested in any business mentorship program they give so much incredible business marketing tips online on their podcast now they started their monthly videos and that was a really good podcast for me because when I I was alone working in the basement I didn't have any friends so like they were my only friends even though there was like a voice in my ear and it's really pathetic but I felt less alone listening to them yeah they're awesome. I love them so much. They're speaking at my conference and I I'm speaking at theirs again and they're at their conference last year. I guess it was like a, exactly a year ago. Um, Oh my gosh. So good. good job. Yeah. They did a really good job. Especially for year one. Are you kidding me? I was not expecting walking into that. Like I didn't have low expectations, but like that was one of the best conferences I'd been to. Ever. They did it really good. And yeah. that was their first one. So like what's next? Exactly. I know. Oh, so um, good. Yeah, they're awesome. And they, they do know their stuff too, because like they've been doing it for so long. They've been, yeah. they were salon owners for 13 years, I think. So yeah, they've, they've been around the block a time or two. So yeah, they're, they're great. Yeah. Uh, the other advice, obviously that I would say is track everything. Like as long as you're making sure you're asking the right questions, do a thorough consultation, write down everything that you did during the appointment, every product that you used so that you can troubleshoot later. If somebody has an allergic reaction to something, you're going to be able to figure it out a lot faster. Mm -hmm. If somebody, and you can, you can prevent yourself from triggering an allergy. If you're writing down exactly what they're allergic to, if they have any medical conditions, like these seem like very invasive questions, but we're dealing with the eyes. Like everything is relatable. Hormone issues are relatable. Everything links back to why someone's lashes may or may not be lash, like may or may not be working. Mm-hmm. So making sure that you're tracking absolutely everything, consultation, what you did, products used, room conditions, because that is going to make your life entirely easier. I don't care if you don't use my app, go back and start using the cue card box if you want to until you outgrow it. Just make sure that you're doing this step because this will change everything and it's going to solve a lot of the problems. Yeah, Exactly. 
Okay, so I know you know this question's coming. I ask it every episode. Um, I I love just, I don't know, digging deep and, and seeing like where someone's been or like just struggles that they've faced that we all kind of face throughout our journeys. Um, so do you have a favorite failure? Okay. This is such a complicated question. And it's like, you have to really think, it's like, do you want to be just very on the surface about it or do you really want to like tell the truth and be deep about it? So it was, it's a really difficult question to answer. So I think, and it was also very difficult because by the end of it, I wasn't sure if I had a point or not, but I think everything that you go through in life does come back full circle. And it's really just about getting to know yourself and self-reflection and insight. So moving, and I never even considered it a failure. I don't know what I considered it. I think I just considered my entire self as a failure for a while which made things really difficult. Um, But I moved from Toronto to Ottawa a few years ago and I had my business there. I was doing makeup for like 12 years and I was working alongside my best friends. So moving to Ottawa was a really big thing. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I've been doing makeup for so long. I have my clientele already. I can just start up a new business there. It's going to be a breeze. No problem. I'll be back to making X amount of dollars a year. Like, no issue, whatever. Even though I was pregnant at the time, I'm just like, I got it together. I can do this. No big deal. And (laughs) I could not do it. I went back and forth for the first year and a half, like between being pregnant and having a baby, because I was still servicing my Toronto clients and trying to grow my Ottawa clients for the makeup side of things. And it was not growing. Like, it absolutely was not growing. I realized that it's not as easy from when we started, like 10 years ago. And it's very referral based. The clientele was different. There wasn't as many, I guess, South Indian people in Ottawa as there are in Toronto. And in Toronto, people are getting ready, like even for their cousins, aunts, anybody, any wedding you're going to, you're getting ready. You're getting your hair, makeup, nails, everything done for all four events. Like it's a totally different market. And it's a very personal service. Like you have to know the person. It's usually by word of mouth that you get referrals for makeup. Or you're doing a lot of hustling, a lot of free shoots. And I guess I didn't consider all of that into it. And I didn't have the energy to hustle. Like, I just had a baby, which made me feel even lazier that I wasn't putting the work into it. And I'm just like, what am I going to do? And then I remember telling my best friend, like, I want to do lashes. And I had my training already. I was trained since 2014. And this is like 2016 or 2017 at this point. And my best friend is like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And he's like, no, like you hate lashing. Like you literally want to throw your tweezers every time you exit the room. How are you going to do lashes now? And I'm like, I am going to do it. And I started focusing on lashes and it was actually really therapeutic because I think it forced me to slow down. And something about just having nothing else to focus on, like maybe podcast in your ear is just really relaxing. It's almost like doing yoga sometimes. And when things get really frustrating while you're lashing, as long as you're like not paying attention to what's happening and you're not focusing on the issue and you just like slow down, put on some good tunes and just go at it, it gets a lot easier. So I started lashing, but then I was getting a lot of clients and I wasn't keeping them. Like I just didn't know why they were not coming back. Well, part of it was my retention, but like things were happening and it was really lonely I was working out of my basement and my basement is like dark. It's really pretty, but it's dark. And then when you spend so much time alone in a basement, it's really sad. Like I already had a little bit of postpartum and then it was triggering my depression even more. I was turning into a very miserable, unhappy person. And I figured, okay, this is not working. I'm not keeping clients. Maybe I should go work for somebody else. 
So I applied to be a lash artist at another studio downtown, which lasted three weeks. And I did like two weeks there. And after my, after my two weeks, we went for like, I was always very proactive and I was getting complimented for being proactive and making sure customers were happy or if like something was wrong, I was able to correct the issue. And they were happy with that. And then I went to lunch with the owner and they were talking about their plans for expansion and like what their next steps was and where their next locations were gonna be opening. And like, they were really happy to have me on board, but then they started talking about how their vision for lashes is like being the McDonald's for lashes, affordable for everybody, fast in and out. And I'm like the exact opposite. And I was just like, no, like that's not what lashes should be. Lashes are a luxury service. You need that one-on-one time. And our visions just were not jiving. So within like three days, I got a text message saying that I am, that the owner felt like I would be held back working for them. And then that I was free to go on my own and do my own thing. And they wish me all the best luck in the future. I'm just like, okay. So that kind of sucks. So I went back to the basement and I was back to lashing from the basement, trying to build clientele. And in between clients, I found it really difficult to do any of the work that I needed to work to work on my business. And I wasn't doing housework. I was literally Netflixing. Netflixing? Is that a word? It's the word now. I think it is, yeah. Like saying, yeah. In between clients, if I had like a 45-minute break, I would make myself the biggest plate of food and I would zone out watching Netflix. And it was not a good thing. I didn't think that it was an issue then, but looking back on it now, I'm like, obviously, I was trying to fill something. But Mm -hmm. I wasn't happy. I was really sad. I felt empty. I felt like an entire failure and like I didn't have the purpose that I had had. And like makeup had been my identity for so long. Like it wasn't even just my career. It was my entire identity. And now to like move towns and like be a mom and like not have business, I just felt like I had absolutely nothing. So Mm. it really, really sucked. And it lasted for a couple of years. And I found like my body was always hurting. I was always sore. Lashing was always making it worse. And I was doing really unhealthy things for myself. And I really, if they're unhealthy for myself, they're obviously unhealthy for my family as well. And I was just always obsessed with hating myself and I think it's just like criticism I always I always welcome it because it always makes me want to be better and always do better and if you get criticized then you know what you need to fix in order to go to the next stage of your life but I think there's a happy balance that I still haven't found because I still love it but that comes from like deeper things but Mm -hmm. I just realized like something wasn't right and like I was just going down a really dark hole so I decided like let me reach out for help And I finally talked to my MD and there was like 10,000 different issues. Mm. And yeah, it was just so much stuff. And she's just like, how long have you been dealing with all of this? And I'm like, some of it 10 years, some of it 15 years, some of it two years. And she's like, who have you told? And I'm just like, nobody. And like, I just broke out in tears. And I was diagnosed with with borderline personality disorder. And at that time and at this time like there's still it's very limited research around it Mm -hmm. and they're redoing the diagnosis all the time like the criteria for the diagnosis all the time and my md like she's a great lady but she's also like this was a really stupid thing she's like it's a complicated diagnosis so i want you to go on google and see what you can relate to like read the stories and see if you can relate to any of them and then we're Mm going to schedule an appointment for next month so i had one month where i was going down the rabbit hole of google on borderline personality disorder up do not do it it was like 
all these hate stories from exes about their exes that have BDP and how they're narcissists and psychotic mm -hmm. and angry all the time. It was really dark. It made me re-question my entire life. It made me re-question every relationship prior to mine, thinking, was I always the bad guy? Am I a narcissist? It was just so much. And it was like really depressing. And it, that was not the right way to go about it because it's a spectrum, right? Like you can be really little or you can be a lot. Yeah. And going forward, even the psychologists were having difficulties diagnosing me. Some were saying yes. Some were saying no. Some were saying, no, you just have other issues that you haven't dealt with. They were all confused. Like these are all medical professionals with like years and years and years of experience. So just that was really, really comfortable. And I remember like starting a conversation with one of the psychologists before I entered the program. And he at the beginning of the conversation, he told me, no, I'm not borderline and that I just have other issues that I need to work out. And then by the end of the conversation, right before I was about to leave the room, he just like he made a joke and said, you're just a high functioning borderline. Who does that? You're leaving oh me gosh. with this one thought for a month later. Like, that oh is really gosh. confusing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you're a psychologist. You should know how this is going to resonate with somebody. Mm -hmm. And if I am borderline, what is that going to do to me for the next month until I see you? You know, this one thought is going to sit in my head the entire time. So I literally hit rock bottom. I was that girl, like, listening to NF or Ivan B on the treadmill at the gym, crying my eyes out as I go back to the car to journal in my notebook. Like it was, it was just not, not a good time. Like I laugh about it now, but like it sounds so pathetic, but there was just a lot going on. And then the best thing, the absolute best thing that could have happened to me was I landed at the Ottawa general for three months in the regional eating disorder program. And I was able to like, be around professionals that have been dealing with like eating disorders and borderline for 15, 20 years. Wow. And yeah, that started putting things a little bit more into perspective. Like it started helping answer a lot of the questions and get a little bit more clarity around the diagnosis. And yeah. I remember what my doctor had said, and she's just like, borderlines are like some of her favorite people because they feel everything deeper and they, they understand everything deeper. And it's like, the best way to explain what borderline actually means is that you have the emotional brain of a Ferrari. It's like anybody can jump into a Honda and learn how to drive it, but a Ferrari needs an owner's manual. And once you've read the manual, you're no longer borderline. And I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense to me. So wow. those three months were like super heavy. It was not easy at all. And like having a kid, having everything fall on hubby for a while, like it was really, really intense. Like I came home. And I just didn't want to talk. Like after eight hours of therapy, like you're done. And it was like two hours to come home. I would just go straight to bed. So like I was a ghost for three months. For those three months, I was able to get a lot of self-realization and ask a lot of questions. Like why do I act certain ways in a situation? Why is perfectionism so strong? And it literally paralyzes me from doing things that I want to do. Like I've missed out on so many big opportunities in my life because I thought I wasn't good enough or I thought I wasn't ready. And I, I regret so missing so many of these opportunities. But now knowing this and knowing that I'm not going to let other opportunities slide. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not good enough because if I'm putting in the work, I am good enough. And if I'm not good enough for one person, it's okay because I will be good enough for somebody else or like I will be good enough for myself. Like somebody out there is going to benefit from hearing what I have to say and sharing what I, what I have to share. But yeah. learning a lot of the skills, like there is like 
BDP is complicated and the throwing an eating disorder into it is complicated. And there is just right. like so many life beliefs plus also if you're lashing and you're alone like usually you're not talking to your i don't know sometimes i'm not talking to the client the whole time you're no. in your head and so yeah. that yeah wow and they're sharing so much deep stuff with you right and if you're already mm -hmm. an empath as well you take that on like i would come upstairs like they would share really deep stuff like death and divorce and things like that and i would come upstairs and i would be crying and my husband's like mm -hmm. what's wrong with you and i'm like it's just it's like what they told me like like i really feel for them and mm -hmm. Other people, I guess, if you're not really familiar with empaths or like being, if you're not super empathetic, you don't really get it, but it's like hearing it from somebody else and feeling so much for them. Like you've been almost been through it yourself, but you can kind of feel what they're yes. feeling, but not a hundred percent. Like it's yes, still yes, yes. really deep. It's exhausting. It yeah. is really exhausting. So I, yeah, I, I can totally relate to that part. Um, but yeah, it just, it's good for you for going in and seeking like guidance and, and doing that for yourself because look at what you're doing now. And that's great. You know? Yeah. The best outcome out of it was no, now I can recognize when I'm procrastinating and I can recognize when I'm avoiding a project mm -hmm. or like patterns of behavior that are super destructive. And as soon as I'm able to recognize that I can start thinking, okay, why am I about to do this? And like, what do I really want to happen right now? So I can kind of disrupt it. And that has been super helpful when it comes to trying to manage a business and trying to manage a lash app and all of these projects, because there's so much work that goes into doing all of these things. Like there is so much behind the scenes that happens. Mm -hmm. And when you're working for yourself, like, you know, we all know, especially like solo lash artists, owners, all of us, when we're working for ourselves, it's like eight hours of work. Sometimes it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And until you finish a project, you feel like, you haven't done anything or like yeah. you cannot stop. No, I so. get it. I promise I get that. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure so many people listening to, can relate to a lot of what you just said too. So I'm, I'm happy that you brought that up. Yeah. And now it's just like, sometimes hubby says, I'm like, well, you can work out of the basement because saving yourself a thousand dollars on rent is a good thing. And I'm like, it's a good thing, but I get nothing done. It's dark. It's not good for my mental health. And like even working on like the lash app stuff, I, I can spend like a little bit of time at home during the weekend, but to do real work, I have to get out of the house. Like yeah. I have to go to the office. Otherwise it's just not getting done. Right. No, I get that too. Well, wow. Um, thank you for sharing all of that. That's yeah. That's deep. I feel like if you're struggling, you really just need to ask for help instead of living in the dark by yourself. Cause if you're not feeling right, then it's going to show in every aspect in your life. And it's really going to hold you back from being that person that you're meant to be. And it's like you, you really have to go through like the heavy, dark stuff in order to kind of cross over. I won't even say wall. It's like a brick. It's like a ton of bricks to be able to break through that and get onto the side that you're supposed to be on. You got to go through the heavy stuff and do the work. So you can't just live with it and do nothing about it because then it takes over you and you're screwed. All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. I will link Lash Assist Pro in the show notes. I've got a couple more episodes coming out before the end of the year and I've got a really exciting project that I'm doing on Instagram so make sure you're following Lash Boss Radio and if you were listening today make sure to tag me and let me know. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and I'll be back very soon with the next episode.